With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. How you doing, everybody? Casey Ryan here again for another episode of The Cutting Room Floor, a little podcast that I started to showcase any entertainers and creative types from all walks. I like to say if you've got a story to tell or a project to sell, then I want to hear from you. Uh, the easiest way to get a hold of me is on uh Twitter, you can follow me there at Cutting Room MRB, or you can hit me up on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Cutting Room MRB, uh, or shoot me an email with your feedback, good, bad, or ugly. If you've got a project that you want to promote, uh, if you've got a Kickstarter campaign or a crowdfunding campaign of any kind going, or you're launching any kind of uh, book or album or film, uh, any story that you want to share, or even if you just want to call in and talk about anything related to pop culture, uh, you shoot me uh, an email with your feedback, good, bad, or ugly. And we'll figure out a way to get you on here. Uh, cuttingroomfloor.mrb at gmail.com is, uh, is that one if you want to get in touch with me. So over the course of the last couple of weeks, one of the few perks of the, the whole social distancing and, and being forced to stay in your house and everything is that it, it actually gives guys like me who are a little bit more introverted an excuse to, to, to catch up on a lot of really cool content that I wouldn't have otherwise had the time necessarily to watch. Uh, over the course of the last couple of weeks, I got a chance to see two films, uh, one of which was called All Joking Aside, and uh, I had Raylene Harewood on here last week uh, to talk about that. Great film, really, really well put together, really sharp writing, and and I uh, about life is an upcoming stand-up comic. Uh, I had a chance to talk to her about that really good project and i was proud to cover it uh that was a referral from krista shirk and i always try to make sure that i give credit where it's due when we, we get referrals here uh so thanks krista for for sending me the referrals over the course of the last couple of weeks uh and also to rosamund donsa who's been a, a huge supporter of mine since i first got started uh the second film in this series uh, was one that I got a chance to watch just this morning, uh, and it was called Survivor Skills. And I, I, I don't say this lightly, but once in a while, a project gets brought to you, and if you're lucky enough, you get a chance to, to watch the films in their entirety before you have some of the people from the film on. Uh, not that I don't enjoy the interviews otherwise, but it certainly adds an additional layer of color when I'm actually talking to people because I'm I'm able to to, to give my own opinions and, and ask them uh, about my own observations about this. Um, this was one of the better things that I've seen in a long time uh, coming out of the indie community. And, and there was a lot of elements that weren't quite so indie, but it was, it, it it blew me away. It wasn't a bedtime story by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, very haunting, uh, very uh, believable, but but surreal at the same time. There was a lot of different really uh, uh, layered elements to this that I'm hoping that I can do justice in the course of this discussion. Um, very impressed with what I saw today. Again, the film is called Survivor Skills, and with me on the line today, uh, again, thanks to Krista Shirk, is uh, is the star of the film, uh, 
so just to give you some information on uh, on on uh, Bayou O'Donnell, he's an award-winning uh, actor and producer who's a graduate of both Yale and the NYU grad school of acting uh who's performed on um on broadway and on television and in film as well and this is his first lead film uh, lead performance uh so we're getting a bit of an exclusive here the film itself was just released over the course of the last month so this is a relatively recent thing and i'm, I'm proud to be able to cover it uh so no pressure by you right so uh, <laughs> yeah. right uh so without further ado the cutting room for proudly welcomes for the first time and it's always great to have new people on here. Uh, Vayu O'Donnell is here from Los Angeles. Uh, Vayu, how are you? I'm doing all right, Casey. Thanks so much for having us on. So and thanks uh, for watching the, the film. <clears throat> well, and the first question I always have for everybody when, when they're on here for the first time is just a bit of an icebreaker. Uh, did, did I get your bio information right, or is there anything that you'd like to add or modify to that? No, you, you're, uh, you're right on. Yeah. Okay, great. Um, so, like I said, I, I was really impressed with what I saw today. Uh, but, but maybe if you could, in your own words, uh, kind of give us your pitch for this. What, what's the film about? Well, the uh, the writer director Quinn Armstrong. He's a he's a remarkable um, young writer and director, I, I think. And uh, he he worked in women's shelters for a while, and he. Um, he was trying to find a way to take his experience from working in women's shelters and um, and express it, express something about it, uh, his frustration, the, um, the, the 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 problem that is just seems to have no answer. And he's also a bit of a he's a big film buff, and he's he's got a, a penchant for horror, and um, and so he kind of came up with this brilliant little allegory I think um, which is survival skills and he he took he was inspired by these 1980s uh, police training videos which are if you've ever seen any of these um, they're can be hysterical but also like really disturbing they're usually pretty poorly acted and super campy um, and with like you know bad video graphics and uh, and and really <laughs> really bad uh, music as well comp composition but um, he decided to kind of go through that lens and write um, a story about a police officer who in a way is is kind of created it's almost as if you see him as AI so that he has a complete uh, arc of innocence to experience over the course of a year and he uh, so we're kind of like 1980s Reagan era um, and you see uh, this police training video that is led by our narrator, who's Stacey Keach, who's kind of this, you know, staunch uh, uh, Republican figure of the strong arm of the law. And um, you watch Jim, who's our, uh, who's the part I play, as he goes on his first, um, his first call. And his first call, call Tends, uh, ends up being a domestic violence call, which is probably the, the most challenging call that a police officer can get. And you watch him try to do everything by the book. And every time that he um, tries to do everything by the book, he ends up kind of making the situation worse. Uh, and you see how complicated the situation is, how um, complicated it is for both sides of the police and the victims. And uh, you watch it start to slowly erode the character over the course of a year. 
and um, there's a, a, a great de-evolution and uh, uh, of the character and the um, uh, the writer director Quinn kind of made this. He he used all of these uh, great visual uh, visuals from like from like old you know tracking disturbances in the um, in the uh, uh, like VCRs you know. And it kind of creates tension as it goes along and it builds and builds and builds until the the final climax in denouement. Um, so yeah, I don't know if that helps at all. <laughs> no, it does. Uh, you know, I'm, you know I'll, I'll start with the, you know, the whole nod to the, uh, to the 80s. I mean, I, I, I was a child of that period myself. And, and uh, I mean, I, I remember growing up in, in, particularly in elementary school where, you know, they would show you those campy videos about, you know, safety, about getting on the school bus and don't run outside because all of a sudden, you know, whoop, the kid will run out in front and get mowed down a hamburger. And, you know, and we all go, eh! and, and there's, it really is, uh, there's a sense of ominous to it. I mean, in a way, it's kind of ominous, but in a way, it really is silly when you think about it, right? Just to, mm -hmm. to look back on on that particular style of storytelling in the uh, you know the ABC after school specials and, and things along those lines, but uh, you know the true spirit of the of the graininess and, and the campiness of it was something that that uh, on an appropriate level, I might add, because it really does play a role in the film. Uh, that that Quinn Armstrong, I think, was able to tap a nerve into. Yeah, um, and there, you know, a lot of what you're mentioning, all those kind of after-school specials, are a very uh, a very special episode. You know, they're they're little morality tales for for the most part. You know, and I think in a way, this is this is similar to that. And in addition to the uh, to the uh, I'm going to get into the domestic violence pit, but but just to, to sort of finish off on that thought, one of the things that the other I mean, you mentioned that that there are very few fleeting moments that'll that'll actually make you laugh, but but um, you know the whole notion of the uh, getting sent out on the on the other call with the teenagers who were playing Dungeons and Dragons and you know having them being viewed as Satan. <laughs> Satanists and and uh, you know and all all they're doing is sitting around playing a board game, but parents just really you know they had no comprehension of the fact that that this was <laughs> relatively harmless, right? Well, that so. was all kind of a uh, throwback to the satanic panic scare. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, which is, yeah, which is. I mean, when you look at it in retrospect, it's pretty hysterical. It, 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 yeah, it, yeah. It, I mean, it, it it wasn't at the time, but but uh, you know, we hear kids and they're chanting and uh, you know, and you get in there, you know, the guys saying, you know, what happened to a good old fashioned game of Monopoly? I I, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I thought that was a good line, but uh, so so I guess how. Uh, Vayu, how, how were you initially married? Where of this project? Uh, you know, it was actually a cold, cold call audition. I um, I saw a notice for it. I, I want to say it was back in 2016 or maybe even 15, and it was for the short version because um, we initially made, I believe, it was like a 13 or 14 minute short, which is it. It, it had almost an entirely different cast except for Stacy and myself. And, right. um, and we did the short 
in a, in a way as a proof of concept. Um, and then we kind of use that to drum up some support for the feature. Um, and Quinn and I really hit it off during the work in the short. And um, we decided then that I would be able to uh, to continue on with the project and um, and make the feature version. And the great thing about that is that uh, Quinn and I were in cahoots for about three and a half years on the project. I mean, okay. right. con constantly in, in discussion about the character, um, you know, what his journey was really since we, we shot this whole thing made in about two weeks and on a pretty, pretty small budget. And two so weeks. Was, oh yeah. Everything was shot out of, um, uh, out of order, you know, based on locations. So being able to really be specific about the um, erosion of the character, uh, you know, over the course of time was something that we focused on, so that it was be believable that he was he was changing over the course of the year, and that's something that we worked very hard on. And then just also what the, you know, how to uh, think about this character was he. AI at one point we talked about maybe he had Asperger's or he had like some sort of social uh, um, uh, issues with kind of like uh, social perception or uh, you know and what we came up when we came up with was more of that he was kind of created for this project and that helped us come from a completely clean slate without um, having any prior back history to kind of have to deal with. Well, I, I, you know, one of the the, the moods that, that kept going, uh, kept coming back, I should say, with me was that it was almost like getting a front row seat in somebody's nightmare. That, that, yeah, uh, I mean, I, I think that Quinn has a penchant for horror and, you know, he had to restrain himself in this film. But there are mo there. It, I, I liken it to, in a way, um, uh, a Twilight Zone episode to an extent, you know. That too, yeah, but yeah. but uh, j just in terms of, of the the central character being both the focal point and being utterly helpless at the same time, and and uh, being utterly clueless in some instances, whether you know it was intentional or, or whether it was just a product of the uh, of the situations. Well, I did a I did a couple ride-alongs with um, the Glendale Police Department. And what struck me probably more than anything else was uh, you, you, here I am with like these um, physical specimens. I mean, this guy that I rode along with, he was, uh, you know, um, a war vet. He was completely, you know, muscular and, and he was a, a trained soldier, you know, and yet um, he felt almost powerless to effect any real change. Uh, in the community. And it was such an interesting uh, juxtaposition of what you, what my perception of a police officer was uh, before I had uh, any personal connection or any personal experience of being able to, to actually go around on a day with uh, an individual and see what their day to day was like. No, I, I mean, this is an interesting dichotomy that, that you guys make no secret of actually touching on at a number of different points in the film that there's a, uh, a dichotomy of, of cops being looked to as, as symbols of strength and authority, but on the other hand, uh, by virtue of the situations that they find themselves in, that, that they're also in situations of utter vulnerability, so, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. And the 
and the frustration that comes from that being stymied and not being able to affect any real change sometimes then is taken out on their, you know, their family members or their in their personal lives. There needs to be some sort of release of the valve, right? Um, right. And that right. also happens in the film as well. Yeah, and I, you know, that uh, it's one of these positions, and I, I mean, I, I I speak from limited experience because my uh, my sister is a nurse and my father was a guidance counselor in a high school, so I mean, they also saw their fair share of of. Uh, uh, of hairy situations, but but it's one of the things about my dad in particular was that he very he never brought his work home with him. But every once in a while, you'd see a look on his face that you could tell that there was something there that he couldn't talk about, but that was really bugging him. And yeah. and uh, and you're right that that uh, if there's no healthy release of the valve, or if there is no support system for these people in place, that, that it does take its toll, and there's a lot of, of, of marriages that dissolve as a result of this. That, that, and there's also a lot of um, the substance abuse that happens, and yeah, you know, as well, whether it's numbing some of those voices with alcohol or whatever it may be, you know, it, it definitely takes a toll to be a vessel for all of this, the probably the worst parts of humanity and society, and then not necessarily having um, a way to, a way or time to process all of that information. Uh, now, in terms of, of the rest of the cast that, that you worked with, I mean, I'd be amiss if I if I didn't mention Stacey Keach. Uh, uh, you know, this is one of these great character actors of, of a generation that, that uh, has one of the most distinctive gravelly, weathered, and, and ominous voices in, in show business, uh, who also has proven over time that, that he's got comedic timing and chops, too, in various projects that he's worked in. Uh, I, I, I guess, think he's quite hysterical in this film at times. <laughs> I, 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 and I, I was going to say that, that, that there were times where, you know, okay, we'll get back to that in a minute, and, uh, you know, and, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, or, you know, like, you know, it was like one of those scene, don't go there, don't go there, okay, don't go there. You know, and and uh, you're right, there there were parts where, where that energy and that and that presence uh, really does add a little bit of uh, of levity to things. So Well Stacy's a bit of a force of nature. He's such a strong stalwart rock of a man and of an actor. Um, he, he he's not someone who I, I would ever expect to see like uh, you know laugh at something funny that he does. He is he is kind of tried and true and believable as the day is long, and he plays this you know authoritarian figure, kind of the law and order character of the of the nineteen kind eighties of Reagan era, and he is um, he's such a great juxtaposition to my character who is so unsure. Uh, of everything, you know, so I think that the comedy comes between putting those two characters in relationship to each other. And while one Stacy's character tries to kind of rein my character in and is uh, incapable of doing that at times, it creates all of this friction, which then can be released through uh, 
through humor, through laughter, or sometimes <laughs> it's frustrating, I think, as an audience to watch uh, my character just not listening to the rules. <laughs> well, that, that and, and uh, you know, there was another element of levity that, that uh, and again, I, I don't want to spoil too much, but the, the, you know, the one scene that, that kind of made me laugh a little bit was when Jim goes to, uh, to hand-to-hand combat training. Okay. I, I, thought, I, I thought that was a funny scene. Yeah. yeah, it's it's almost ridiculous. It's a we we very much tread the line of of ridiculous, <laughs> but I think it's I think it's in the sense that Jim uh, maintains his earnestness throughout the film, and his earnestness is what we kind of uh, hook into, and through that earnest uh, the, his earnestness, we we are able to. Um, accept some of these uh, larger set pieces or more or more ridiculous situations. Also, the counterpoints to Jim um, tend to be very kind of strong and stalwart. Uh, Erica Kreutz, who I think does an amazing job as uh, Jim's partner, is acerbic and um, usually very severe as kind of a um, his training officer. And she's she's been around the block and just can see him. Uh, unraveling and the, putting the, those two together also, I think, is very funny. And, and the uh, the uh, actress that you uh, had leveraged to play Jim's girlfriend to doing, you know, kind of going through the motions of the whole Stepford partner, if you will. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, the, the, yeah. You know, she, that, the, that was an interesting uh, juxtaposition as well, I thought. Yeah, in a way, Jim's father, Jim and Jim's girlfriend, they live in, they're kind of all from the same place. They're all kind of these created um, uh, entities in a way. So when Jim, you know, has a scene with his father, it's almost as if he's meeting his father for the first time, <laughs> which is yeah, kind of yeah. hysterical and this awkwardness. And and Jim's relationship to his, um, to his girlfriend as well, it's a... Um, it's it's kind of hysterical because uh, she also um, I, I should say her name Tyra Collar uh, who is just fantastic she is also um, trying to figure out her existence in this very just living in this house <laughs> so she she makes jam and she treats Jim and that's about it and then you know I I won't give too much away but she has some sort of epiphany at one point in the film. And kind of manages to break the cycle and 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 get out, but but yes, that was a good observation of yours to see that they're in the same in the same world. Well, yeah, I mean the scene with, uh, with between Jim and his father was, uh, I mean it was straight out of a you know nineteen fifties kind of Leave It to Beaver moment, you know. That, yeah. That, uh, right, and and it was intentional that way that you know these two guys were okay. Well, here's the situation, and you know if we were to sit down and have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich this is how i would deal with it and, and uh <laughs> you know uh on the subject of all your other cast members i mean i i want to make sure justifiably and and uh uh to make mention of of the uh the three actors who uh, who played the roles in the uh, in the jennings household yes because um, they're they're key to this whole mix right so Yes, they they are because they are they have the um, the tough job of actually uh, kind of living in the real world and creating the drama of which everything is based around. So um, you've got the uh, the husband 
played by Bradwood Farwell, and then his wife played by Emily um, uh, Chrisom, and then the uh, the daughter played by Madeline Anderson. And the three of them are give wonderful dramatic performances, which again act as a juxtaposition to this somewhat uh, aloof. Um, uh, performance that my character gives, kind of the earnest, uh, um, unknowing character. No, and they're, they're really, like you said, the sober and ghost reality to, to the rest of all of us, right? There really are, that and, and Jim's uh, police partner, they're, they're really the only ones that, that are completely serious almost 100% of the time, right? Well, like, like most... Uh... I feel like like most good dramas, um, you I, I think uh, I think it was George George Wolf who said um, you know we got to invite him into the party before with the like you know got to invite him to the party before it you know it, the the stuff really hits the fan <laughs> or something right to yeah, that yeah, yeah and so that. it's you know yeah. the film starts off pretty it's pretty light and pretty funny um, and then. You, you see that there at the core of it, there's some real stuff happening. Uh, and it, it is, it ends up being pretty dark and pretty disturbing by the end, I think. Uh, so you just had your premiere over the course of the last few weeks, right? I was, I was looking at uh, in, in early to mid March. at uh, Yeah. So we premiered at CineQuest and we were slated to go for, um, for four, showings there but after our second showing they um they decided to uh to shut down the uh the rest of the film um uh, the rest of the festival for the second week due to the <clears throat> covid 19 the coronavirus and uh, you know it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens not just for our film but for all the films that were supposed to make the rounds of the festival circuit this year because right. um, the right. festival circuit is basically going to be null and void for this year you know unless right. thing, unless things start to uh start to change in the fall so we'll have to see so the, the, uh, i guess the challenging thing is how how to get people to see this this thing that i love so much at this point <laughs> well, uh, okay, and, and you know that would be my next question. Are are there any plans to to make this not available for for people to see on a VOD basis, or I, I guess is that decided yet? Uh, if I can venture that way, you know, I I don't know that I can speak to that at this point. I know that um, that we have been looking for distribution, and I think there are some um, possibilities out there, um, but I don't know that there have been any any deals made as of yet. Okay. All right. Then we'll leave it at that. Um, yeah. I, but but all, all I can say is if you if you do get a chance to see this, uh, this is one of the most haunting and thought-evoking pieces that I, I've seen in a long time. This is one of the things that's going to stick with the old gray matter for a little while. Uh, and, and if you have a chance to see it, I, I would highly recommend it. If you're looking for something that's a little bit off the beaten path, um, you know, just to get away from catching up on all the studio stuff that you missed, this is, this is definitely one that you want to sit down on a quiet afternoon and, and pay attention to. But uh, like I said, I was, I was really impressed. So, well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Uh, so, my last question for you, Vio, is uh, is where can people go to learn more either about the work that you're doing, whether you have an IMDb page, or, uh, or you know, if there's any other uh, sites that you want to promote in terms of, of uh, survival skills, where can people go to learn more? Uh, 
Yeah, I would say uh, definitely to, to learn more about where you might be able to see this in the future, um, you can uh, like our Facebook page, which is at Survival Skills Movie, all one word, Survival Skills Movie, um, and you'll see a picture of Stacey Peach and a picture of myself. Um, if you wanted to follow me, I I, um, I do Instagram mostly, and it's my first name, Vayu, V-A-Y-U underscore for the wind, F-O-R-T-H-E-W-I-N-D. And uh, I'm on Twitter at O underscore Vayu, V-A-Y-U, although I don't tweet that regularly. But, you know, if I, um, if I, if I know of some stuff coming up, uh, whether it be for this film or other projects, I will use Twitter to uh, keep people abreast of those things. Uh, IMDb, uh, you can find me there as well. Yeah. IMDb as well. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, you know, you, you can catch up on, on some of the other projects that you worked on as well if, if people are curious, right? So, yeah. uh, so what can I tell you again with a, uh, a big thank you to, uh, to, to Quinn Armstrong and to uh, Krista Shirk and Rosemond Donza. Uh, and of course, my guest today, Vaya O'Donnell. Uh, Vaya, this was, this was a proud privilege. And again, thanks a lot for, for taking time out of your afternoon to talk to us. All right. Uh, thank you for having us. Appreciate it. Uh, okay, so that's going to about do it for me this week. Uh, I'll I'll be back again. Uh, I pretty much moved back into talk show full time, so you can look for me here. Uh, and again, with a uh, with a thank you to Bayou O'Donnelly, Melissa Casey, Ryan on the cutting room floor. Stay safe, stay healthy, uh, take care of each other, and we'll all get through this together. And thank God for the arts at times like this. Uh, until then, I'll say a cut, print, wrap, and I am done. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.